Louder! What is up, baby? Lord Scuba Cobra here bringing you episode seven of season two of Somewhat Supernatural. And for the first time ever, I have a new guest host on with me. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the lovely Kaylee from At 50 States of Terror. How's it going? It's going. I'm super excited to be here. It's going to be my first live uh, guest appearance, so I'm ready to do this. I shook all my nerves out. I've had a drink. I'm ready to go. Hell yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So, <laughs> you know, I, we've known each other like we were talking about before for about 10 years now, mm -hmm. and you started your own, you and your husband started uh -huh. a podcast about cryptids, and I'm all for it because <laughs> what do we do here on Someone Supernatural? We'll talk about crazy stuff like that so give us a little bit of background with about your podcast and and you and your husband and what you guys do on your show yeah awesome yeah it's been like 10 years but we didn't make this like spooky connection that we had so it's great that we can finally like kindle this and we can start talking about all the spooky shit from here on out yeah. we have 50 states of terror and what we're doing is we're kind of going on a road trip so we're going through every state and we are picking one cryptid or cryptid like creature and we're doing a deep dive into its history uh obviously we give you the descriptions sightings news sources articles we cover all of it. And at the very, very end, we rate it on a scale of one to five golden Nessies. So it's kind of like Ooh. our star rating. So if you make yeah. it to the end, sometimes the ratings are a little skewed. Some of them are just absolutely ridiculous. So they get a higher rating just for entertainment purposes. Yeah. But we rate them. And then we have a follow-up episode exclusive for our Patreon listeners that's called Detour. So on every road trip, you have a Detour. So whatever tangent we want to go on, I think on our Christmas episode, we started with Krampus. We ended up with the satanic panic in the 80s and how it associated to D&D. &D. So we okay. will just cover anything, but we're we're very excited to, to be a part of this and see where it goes from here. Hell yeah. And I'm excited to have Anthony on at one point as well, because I do, mm -hmm. like I said, this is such a great thing. You know, we're both in the same city. We're both kind of doing the same thing and I'm all for cross promotion, you know? Oh yeah. And so when I, when I met Anthony on the last podcast I was on and he was like, Hey, we want to do something. I was like, yeah, here we go. <laughs> like, you know, cause, cause I, I, I just, I love connecting with other people that have similar interests as I do. And, yes. you know, because Growing up, I, for me, what made me want to do my podcast was all of the paranormal experiences that I experienced as a kid. I saw shit that nobody else saw. I heard things that nobody else heard. And for the longest time, I'm like, man, I'm just crazy. Like, I'm just I'm just crazy, you know. And, and so now as an adult and knowing that other people have experienced similar things, I'm like, why not? Let's talk about it. Let's do it. What was your inspiration for your show did you ever experience anything paranormal have you ever seen a ghost or thought you heard a ghost do you believe do you even so, believe in ghosts i 
I don't even, I don't believe in anything if I'm really honest. I don't even believe in myself some days. So there's just, there's a lot of disbelief on my part. Um, I think Anthony is definitely the one that believes in everything. He, he was supposed to go on a big hunt trip or a Bigfoot hunt this like last weekend because there's Bigfoot in Beeville. I don't know how familiar you are with that, but there's a yes. lot of sightings in Burklair. Yes. Um, I am a skeptic of everything. Okay. But I think there's a difference between good skeptics and bad skeptics. Mm -hmm. um, I think a good skeptic, you can present with information, you can present with your findings, with research, and they're willing to listen and change their opinion as evidence proves. I think I'm a good skeptic. I think the bad skeptics are like, no, never. If you bring me enough, I'm I'm willing to listen, okay. but I'm I'm always looking for that that Scooby Doo reveal at the end, like oh, the White River monster in Arkansas. Well, you know manatees tend to go up the White River, right? Like, yeah, I'm I'm the one looking for that that big reveal at the end that this is actually what it was. But I think that combination, and I know it's kind of a trope you see it in a lot of shows, but I think it really lends itself to the more entertaining and more engaging conversations too when you have those different perspectives. See, and you know, being a paranormal investigator. I'm I'm still skeptical, you know, regardless mm -hmm. of everything that I've seen and, and have experienced myself, I'm still very skeptical. Mm -hmm. um, you know, even when we catch evidence, I, I always try to logically explain it before I'm like, okay, it's something we can't explain. Maybe then it's, you know, a ghost or a fucking demon or something, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and, and so being, being skeptical, you can't, you just can't believe everything that's out there. So I get that, you know? Yeah. Um, so you've never had an experience. I have, I have one and I was young. <laughs> See, <laughs> and like I always say, everybody has one. Everybody, everybody has, has, one. has one. Um, so I grew up in the Midwest. I'm from Missouri originally. So I've been in Corpus for about, uh, actually when I met you was the first bar that I ever drank at in town. Okay. Um, and everybody called me for not being from Texas. Like the voice didn't match the, the outfit didn't match the hair didn't match when I got here. Um, so I grew up in an area called the burnt district and the burnt district was the entire County was burned in the civil war because Missouri and Kansas were at war with each other. So we have a ton of ghost stories, every building, every church, every barn was burned in the war. So we get all these ghost stories and I grew up with that kind of like rich history of ghost stories. And I could have sworn I saw a man in my mom's bedroom in the middle of the night to the point where like, I still think about it occasionally. And I'm like, did I, did I though? How old was I? Well, was I feeling well? What? <laughs> but you know, and, and I feel like when we're younger, that's when we, and, and a lot of people feel this, but I just feel like when we're younger, because we have that innocence, we're mm -hmm. able to see more things. Our minds aren't clouded with the world, you know? So yeah. we're able to see things that other people can't see because I know one of the first things that I saw was a figure or one of the things that I saw when I was younger was a figure in my parents' bedroom. Our bedroom was across the hall and my brother and I slept in the same bed. We had bunk beds, but he was mm -hmm. scared to sleep on the top bunk. <laughs> and I just remember rolling over and it was just a little short hallway, you know, and mm -hmm. the bathroom light was on and I'm looking and I see the outline of a little kid standing at my at the foot of my parents bed. And I'm like, is that Eric? Is that my brother? And I roll around and he's fucking right here next to me. And I look across and my sister's in her bed. So I'm like, who the fuck? <laughs> I don't get up because I'm fucking scared. Right? I just turn around and I go to sleep. But it, it, it's it's things like that. 
that led me to go back to that apartment last year where, you know, where this occurred. And I knocked on the door uh-huh. and mind you, I have not been there. This was shit. We'd moved out of there when I was like 11 because my parents got separated. Mm-hmm. And so I knock on the door and this lady opens. I'm like, hey, I know this is weird, but my name's, you know, Stephen Vasquez. I'm, I'm a paranormal investigator. And I used to live in this apartment when I was a kid. Did you ever have any, have you had anything weird happen? And she's like, mm-hmm. oh my God. And I was like, well, before you tell me anything, let me tell you what I experienced. So I told her what I experienced and she got chills. And she was like, oh my God, my wife and I have experienced these things. And I'm like, well, would you mind if I came and investigated? <laughs> so it was the weirdest thing going back to a place where I had one of my very first paranormal experiences. Yeah. And the weirdest part wasn't the energy in there or anything like that. The weirdest part for me was walking in and them having their living room set up the exact same way that mm-hmm. my family had their living room set up while we were there, when we lived there. Like the TV was okay. in the same place. The yeah. couches were in the same place. The coffee table was in the same place. And it was a pretty big, pretty big space. Like you don't mm-hmm. have to have the things that way. And everything was in the exact same place. And I said that while I'm recording and I took my son with me. I was like, man, this is weird. And he's like, what are you talking about? I was like, son, like, this is the exact same way, like, your grandma and grandpa had mm-hmm. the living room set up. Like, this, that's just weird. I was like, I know it's, it's probably nothing paranormal, but the fact that it's exactly the same, just with newer stuff, like, just, it just weirded me out, you know? And I, I can, yeah, I can definitely see how that would be weird. I think what, like, instantly what I would think would be like, where's the cable set up? The TV may have to be in the same place. Like, what is the length of that wall? The so, table's always going to be in the center, right? Yeah, yeah. So that, and that was one of my, one of my thoughts. Mm-hmm. But I remembered we had a long cable running because my okay. dad wanted the TV in uh-huh. that certain spot. And, it, okay. you know, it was one of those old wooden block TVs that, you know, <laughs> I had one of those. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> he wanted it right there by the front door so that when he came in, he could put his keys down on top of it. So mm-hmm. it's not like it had to be there. And then yeah. nowadays, you know, everything hmm. usually runs off of Wi-Fi and stuff. Yeah. So you can pretty much have your TV wherever the hell you want. So it was just yeah. a little thing like that that like kind of creeped me out <laughs> or whatever. But and that that's like my purpose for doing what I do for this show, yeah. for my for my paranormal team. Um, so with with you experiencing that, had anybody else ever experienced anything like that in the home or? No, um, I, I want to say uh, my my dad is a preacher. So I will say that there is like a Christian presence in my home. Like he obviously did his best to instill that in all of us. Uh, yeah. For some of us, it didn't stick as well as others. But, you know, <laughs> he did his best. Um, but I haven't heard any other stories. The house was over a hundred years old. It was a one a one bedroom house that kept, everyone kept expanding on. We lived on a farm in the middle of nowhere. You know, it's just I have always had a really active imagination, yeah. so I just kind of chalked it up to that. Now, my husband, he's got experiences that he's told me about, and um, if I were to have experienced those myself, I probably just would have noped the fuck out of there and just been done, yeah. but I didn't have those. Yeah. Uh, we we focused on cryptids for our content specifically because Anthony is an author as well, and he actually wrote a book regarding cryptids, and so when we started bouncing ideas around because I'm part of the Housecraft Production Network, and I am the mistress of lore on their channel, and I join in for history and and fairy tales and all of that. 
And so it lent me that opportunity. And we were like, hey, what are we going to talk about? Like, what are we going to talk about? Like, let's do this. But about what? Yeah. And he was in the process of finishing his book and he's working on getting it published now. It's like, oh, hey, do you want to talk about cryptids? And he was so excited. And it was like a kid in a candy store. His eyes just like lit up like I could talk about cryptids and we could talk to people about it. And that would just be awesome. So here we are talking yeah. about cryptids and just yeah. doing the thing. And we're having a lot of fun with it. So we're just going to keep going. And how many episodes do you guys have out right now? And where can the people of Someone Supernatural find your episodes? Because let me tell you guys, they are awesome. If you like Someone Supernatural, you're going to love 50 States of Terror. <laughs> we are on all the major podcatchers. So you can get us on um, like you can get us on iTunes. You can get us on Spotify. You can get us on all the major ones. It just shoots everywhere. Sometimes I'm surprised. Somebody will be like, I, I found you on this one. I was like, I didn't even know we were there, but we're there, too. That's great. Um you can find us at 50 States of Terror on Facebook and Instagram. On Twitter, they had a character limit, so it's 50 States Terror because I gave us a really long name. So that was my bad. <laughs> um, so you can find us there. And yeah, we put up an episode every two weeks uh, when we're in our regular schedule. And yeah, we're just having a, a lot of fun doing it. Well, it's awesome having you here. And Thank like I you. said, I'm super excited. Um, we need to look out for Anthony's book. What is it yes. called? When is it going to be coming out? We are, we're looking at publishers now. Um, I believe it may be a working title at the last I knew it was called the crypt agents and crypt uh, is an acronym. I had to think the right word. Uh, so it's C R Y P T. Um, but it's got a fancy, fancy thing for it. And he's got all of his information on his Facebook page, which is at author AJ Diaz. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So before we jump into today's topic, I want to give a shout out to the chat right now because it is blowing up. Yes. I want to send a shout out to Donnie, Ricardo, Tim, Joseph, and all the way from Australia, my brother from another mother, Brody Kane. How's it going, Dang. fellas? Yeah. So they, they get kind of crazy in the chat sometimes. So just <laughs> it's good. I just, like it. Just forewarning you. <laughs> so today we are talking about a cryptid. Last episode, we did a haunting episode. And today we are doing a cryptid. And today's topic is the Kushtika. And the Kushtika is a mythical shape-shifting creature found in the folklore of the... <laughs> I'm going to fucking butcher this name. The... <laughs> Tling, tlingit, tlingit. tlingit peoples of the Pacific Northwest coast of North America. So with Alaska having the highest missing person cases in the country, could this creature be part of that reason? Hmm. Or was this legend made up because people disappear? So who knows? So I, I, I looked this up a little bit and there there's I mean, there's, there's a lot of stuff on here, but it basically all says the same thing. In some stories, the Kushtika, they're cruel creatures who take delight in tricking poor sailors to their deaths. Very sirenish, I guess you would say. Mm -hmm. um, but there's also, you know, but the Kushtika's behavior, it kind of conflicts a bit from, you know, from story to story. Because in others, they're friendly and helpful, and they save lost people from freezing to death. Um, so in some stories, the Kushtika save the lost individual by distracting them with curiously otter-like illusions of their family and friends as they transform their subject into a fellow Kushtika. So by transforming them, they're saving them from freezing because they're able to adapt to the surroundings and things like that. But the, but the downside is you never see your family again because, hey, guess what? 
you're now a damn Kushtika stuck to roam the forests. Um, but there's also where, you know, they're, they're calling out and they're like, Hey, come over this way. And the Kushtika just leaves them be, but just, you know, leads them to safety. Um, I forgot. They definitely, I, <laughs> I didn't want to interrupt you. No, you're yeah, good. They, interrupt uh, me. Just they do definitely, it. They, they do have this siren call. They are disguising themselves as your loved ones. They, some stories, and because this goes through a few different tribes and actually goes all the way up and down the coast just by different names, but they all have kind of this otter-esque feature. The only thing that doesn't change whenever they look just like your mama, when they look just like your sister, and they're saying, hey, come to the water, come to the water, their teeth never change. They have these sharp, oh. ragged, a horrible, like just maw, and that never changes. So usually they don't talk a whole lot. They'll try and beckon you with, you know, whatever it is that's going to get you into the water. But they try and keep their mouths kind of closed because they don't want to give themselves away because their teeth never change in transformation. See, and that would be terrifying to see my mama standing there because my mama's just this little little lady <laughs> with fucked up teeth. So Brody asked, is there <laughs> is there a movie based on the Kushtaga? I don't think so. I was looking and I saw like books and stuff, but I haven't seen anything about a movie based on Kushtaga. But I mean, it would be pretty cool. I mean, I think it would make a pretty you yeah. know, good movie because it goes along the lines of like skinwalkers and, you know, the the what the hell are they called oh my god the windigos the windigos yes so you know it it, it has and also it has that native background which mm -hmm. i feel makes for a more terrifying film because for me anything that is that old and this is just how i think anything that has a legend that is told for this long has to have some kind of truth to it there has yes. to have been something that occurred especially for it to keep going this long but in a sense what what it reminded me of you know because it says you know later on that <coughs> excuse me <coughs> that that uh, uh parents use it to keep their kids from getting too close to the water i mm -hmm. for me i feel like the hispanic version of that would be la llorona you yes. know you don't want to go by the water at night because the La Llorona is going to take you. But, you know, is that real or is it just something that our parents are telling us to keep us safe? You know, it's definitely um, it's a common theme when you especially when you come around like areas that are around the water. Now, when you talk about how old these stories are, like we obviously we don't have a a solid. This is when this story was told. Yeah. The Tlingits and the Haidas, which were a neighboring tribe, um, they are dated back 10,000 years B.C., we are finding artifacts in the water that are coming up and dating back 10,000 BC. Like that is such a crazy, I mean, you can't even really fathom like how long that actually is. Yeah. But we had the the land bridge. I mean, unless you're a land bridge denier or whatever that would be, we yeah. did have the land bridge that was connecting. And so we do see a lot of like really odd things in this area, um, but they all have this version of a shapeshifter for sure. So it's it's interesting to see how those different those different cultures take different things for yeah, sure. And and most cultures do have some kind of shape-shifting legend. I know they had them in China, you know, mm -hmm. all over all over the world there is some form of a shapeshifter whether they're able to shapeshift into anything or they just shapeshift from a specific, you know, animal or entity mm -hmm. or something. So who knows? I mean, the world's been around for a really long time. We, <laughs> for a really we don't, long time. We don't know. Now, what I think is odd about this specific one is that it's not a especially ferocious creature that it's shifting into. 
yeah. um when you see like the aswang um the aswang is like a vampire shapeshifter um yeah. that's in the philippines when you i yeah. mean even kitsune when you look at like japanese culture like it's still a like you know more or less a carnivore yeah. but then you've got otters and otters are so damn cute like i don't i don't see i mean i run to the aquarium or when i run i'm at the aquarium getting to the otter exhibit yes I'm because like, they're the cutest things there Yes, yes yes and so to turn that into like my nightmare like don't do that to me like well, i mean so and maybe maybe that's why you know the talingit did that you know because maybe. yeah you know you because i mean as a kid i mean otters they're, they're just adorable you know so, so even cute. maybe back then children would get happy to see the otters and then you know but it was a way for mm. the parents to say hey you may see these otters but don't go down yeah. there because not because you may drown that's a really good point which is the real reason but mm -hmm. don't go down there because it may not be an otter at all it may be a kushtika that's gonna steal you away from me okay you know? i see so, that i i really like that i hadn't considered it that way that the otters might be what the appeal was like oh i want to go see the otters and go to the water be like oh nope but those otters can be evil yes okay take a step back i like that yeah i mean and like i said this is all just popping in my head there's nothing to back my claims it's just pure <laughs> scuba speculation um anthony says he believes he believes he does he believes in everything <laughs> that's my husband in the chat oh i can't wait to have him on because we're just gonna have a whole belief fest when we're on oh my gosh uh, well and it's so it's so cute because he's like delivering me drinks while i sit here uh, so <laughs> i'll have awesome. to do the same when it's his turn he like comes in and like delivers the drink and then next and then time next time he brings your drink i need to see his hand i need, I need his hand in you his heard face. it anthony <laughs> <laughs> so the legends are not always pleasant like we said in some mm -hmm. legends it's said that the kushtika will immigrate imitate the cries of a baby or the screams yes. of a woman to lure the victim to the river once there the kushtika either kills the person and tears them to shreds or will turn them into another kushtika so mm -hmm. whether good or bad there's still the possibility that you you yourself may be transformed into a kushtika which over death i mean i don't know would you rather be a kushtika that lives forever and not be able to return to your normal life or would you just rather die so here's here's a complicated part of that entire ideology because uh the Talingits really firmly believe in reincarnation so okay. um they follow the women in their tribes when you're tracking families you're not taking your daddy's last name they are tracking their bloodlines through the women and they're focusing on the birth so they also believe in rebirth and so they are focusing on reincarnation now humans even animals, they are, they went so far as thinking everything had a spirit. We find even spoons with engravings on them to invoke the spirit of a spoon. Everything has a soul and a spirit to this yeah. community, um, except for the Kushtaka. They don't have souls. So it was almost a, a double-edged sword. If they were saving you because you fell out of your ship or you fell into the water and you're dying and you're freezing, they could save you. But the expense would kind of be your immortal soul like you would be trapped as a kushtaka for the rest of that life yeah and never able to be reincarnated into another form so it's almost like it's even deeper it's like oh you'll lose your ever-loving soul don't don't do that yeah yeah definitely but but they also believe that shaman could bring them back to their mortal self so if they could take oh. them to a shaman that was powerful enough and had enough ability and enough natural magic that they could remove the Kashtaka curse, but the person could still retain some of those abilities. They'd be better off in the cold. They'd be stronger swimmers. Those were things that could happen. 
And when we talk a little bit later about more of like their history and kind of that community belief, the mm-hmm. shaman are going to play a really big part in their overall development. So, but I wanted to wow. throw that out there because no, a, that's I think it's awesome pretty, because because like I said, point. I I didn't research the you know the the Tlingit at all because I knew that you had, and so mm-hmm. and I knew from listening to your podcast, I knew that you know you were going to dive deep. I'm going to bring the history. So <laughs> I'm fucking all for it. So we're we're about to jump in that, but like I said earlier, you know, since the Kushtaka mainly play mainly preys on small children, mm-hmm. it has been thought by some that it was used by mothers to keep their children from wandering close to the ocean by themselves. So it it, it could have some truth to it, it could not. But let's talk about the Tlingit. What do you got for me? Whoa, I can't hear you. Your mic cut out. Oh, oh no, I pressed go. mute. It's okay. I had a burp and I didn't want to burp on camera. So I was like trying to be all no, casual. Fuck that. You burp on camera. This that's Sir, I am a lady. Here, ma'am, ma'am. I am a lady. Ma'am, ma'am. I've never been accused of being a lady. Ma'am. I don't know why I'm pretending. <laughs> I'm like, why are you lying to me? <laughs> all right. So as I was saying, the uh the Tlingit focus primarily on the bloodline through the women. And they believe that everything has like an equal and opposite counterpart. So it's like, you know, like the force of life here. Now they went so far as they have two distinct sides to their clan. They have the Eagles and they have the Ravens. So it absolutely sounds like an NFL lineup. But (laughs) my my sister just popped up in the chat. She's like, she's an old lady. She just outed you. (laughs) <laughs> get out of here uh, so they uh they believed that the cl- the clans would bring balance to their life so the ravens took care of the eagles and the eagles took care of the ravens it was okay. to the point where eagles only married ravens and ravens only married eagles and it's kind of an odd way when you think back to it but that was really making sure that their bloodlines kept straight you know that they had yeah. enough forks in their family tree yeah, but they played sports against each other, so it really is like an NFL. Yeah, game. it really is. Um, and they would even take care of each other when an esteemed member of one clan would die. That clan was allowed to grieve, and the other one would be the one that would take care of the ceremonial burials and moving on past that. So it really goes into how everything has a balance. And the Kushtaka were actually thought to be their own tribe. It wasn't like they're a mindless one-off. There's like, oh, there's one in this wood and there's one in that wood. They were an entire tribe of people and had their own songs and their own history. And a lot of it's oral tradition. There's only about 22,000 people that can still claim to Lingit ancestry. That's not oh, wow. a lot of people. Um, the language is almost considered to be a dead language, I believe, but there are still enough people that are embracing that heritage and are learning the language that they're able to translate those stories that were written and were being told and passed down. Now they're translating them into English. So we can all learn a little bit more. So I think it's super cool. Yeah, that's super cool. And especially with the day and age that we live in now, mm-hmm. like I know, like just personal, when I did my ancestry DNA, I was fucking mind blown because for the longest time I was told, Oh, you're this, this, and this, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And then getting my results finding out that you know thinking i was irish you know that mm-hmm. i had irish blood no irish blood scottish <laughs> no I- and then you know finding out that i'm 10 percent african-american had no mm-hmm. idea at all you know and granted it's not like a big percentage but it's still cool to know that this is where my history came from so yeah. it led me down this rabbit hole of trying to find out 
different things from these different cultures you know mm -hmm. so it's it's cool that you know if, if you find out that you know you are part of this this tribe or your ancestors were part of this tribe to try and revive that regardless of if you're like a hundred percent native or not you still have claim to that mm -hmm. that that ancestry you know what i mean yeah um when I got so, my results back, I got charcuterie results and I was just assorted crackers. That's all I had. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> I did find out I was more Scottish Damn. than I expected. Damn. But other than that, I was like, oh, I'm that English? Oh, gosh. Well, see, I thought mine was going to come back and it, it was like, you know, you're you're like a, 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 a taco with just, you know, sides of different things. And it right. wasn't. It wasn't that at all. And I was, my mind was blown because mm -hmm. nobody in my family has ever really gone through that and, yeah. and this is this is sidebar or whatever from the show but so my dad wasn't my real dad you know when i was growing up he he married my mom adopted me but he's my dad when i talk about my dad mm -hmm. when i post on facebook you know i miss my dad that's what i'm talking about yeah um so i have a cousin of mine who was like my big sister when i was growing up but i knew she wasn't blood related to me yeah come to find out when I did my ancestry DNA, we are blood related. I thought you were going to say she was your mom for a second. No, and no, I was no, no, like, no, no. What in the Jerry no, Springer no. happened over there? No. Okay. No, ma'am. No, we are blood related. Ooh. Like she's like my fourth cousin um, because her mom did not know who her dad was. And mm -hmm. then my cousin did not know who her dad was. So just somehow along the ways. Yeah the 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 universe brought these two kids together who were related you know who mm -hmm. were cousins and so i mean fuck i was just like wow and i called her i was like lisa we're really related she's like <laughs> what do you mean i was like no like we are blood related she's like no we're not i'm like yes we are look and i showed her That's so funny and you know so i don't know i don't even remember what the hell we were talking about sorry I, oh, I, no, I, it's I, good. I, this is my show i do what i want you know what yeah no i was actually in a pretty similar situation because like my dad wasn't around the dad that i claim is uh the man who married my mom when i was young and my sister over here in the chat when i got my results back um we share the same dad different moms okay. and i was like hey look just take half my results you know like i don't know where yeah. he's from i was like but i know that this part came from my grandma so you yeah. can just take you don't even need a test girl you can use half of mine yeah save yourself good. the money there you go yeah <laughs> so what else do we know about the tlingit and uh as far as like i know you you touched base a little bit about like the shaman mm -hmm. in that aspect yeah so okay so something we do in our podcast um because I think it's really, really important, especially as a white podcaster, that I make sure not to glaze over some of the like the less favorable things yes. that have happened to especially native and indigenous tribes. Yes, definitely. Um, so if you check out our podcast, you're probably going to hear me say white people suck more than once in, a, in an episode. <laughs> like there's nothing I can do about what was done, but I can bring attention and, and try and bring some dignity back to those situations. And that's fucking honorable as hell. That is. Thank honorable you. As hell. I appreciate it. So um, one of the things that really defined i don't want to say the downfall of the tribe but kind of the way that it started to decline was as settlers were coming over and it's something we hear a lot um smallpox was introduced to this tribe ah. now they had such a strong belief in their shaman their shaman they could predict the weather they could tell you the future they could heal you they could save you they could help you have babies like that was the heartbeat of this community but they could not fix smallpox. 
Yeah. And so as smallpox is introduced to the community, these shaman are doing everything that they can, but they're getting sick and they're dying too. And smallpox really was the downfall or the beginning of the decline, I should say, of yeah. this community. Because as people are saying, well, maybe they're really not that powerful. Maybe they really can't do all these things that we put faith in them to be able to do. And they started to convert to Orthodox Christianity because those are the people who are like, hey, we know what this is. We can help you. I mean, to the best of their ability, they're still telling yeah. people, you know, you got ghosts in your blood, do cocaine about it. Yeah. But you know, doing the best <laughs> that they can. And that's how they really got them to start converting. And it's it's really sad because you can see like in the history and in like just the population numbers as as well as they have been recorded, that that is when people started leaving the community as they started, you know, traveling to other areas. So it's just, it just really sucks. But it's something that I think is really important to to point out. But I mean, that's oh, all those things happen with colonization. You know what oh, I yeah. mean? And uh -huh. so you, you see that in every native absolutely you know history every you know even with the with the aztecs and and, and mm -hmm. you know tribes that that were all in mexico south america yeah once those diseases started coming in that their bodies weren't used yeah, to they didn't have any immunity to yeah yeah so i mean and, and it, it it's a horrible situation that occurred mm -hmm. but had it occurred differently who knows what state the world would be in hell maybe right. we'd be living in a better state but who yeah, knows it's possible you know? yeah you know it's 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 always easy to you know sit and be a an armchair expert on like how things could have been but yeah i mean it really is like butterfly effect if they hadn't introduced yes. one tribe like what you know what would have happened in but a different part of the multiverse in a different part yes. of the multiverse so that's when we start to see that a lot of the tribes members were leaving and you know that culture was you know just not being as strong and present in the area which is where we lose a lot of stories because it was oral tradition. Um, they had, I think it's like the second most complex phonetic language. They made sounds with their mouths that we don't even do anymore. There's not any language in the, in the world that makes some of these very distinct markers. And so we're learning all the time. And this was actually, I really enjoyed researching this. Uh, we did our Alaska episode, but we covered the Alaskan, uh, the great giant. So it was a bear. It's, um, but it's supposed to be in the same area. Okay. So I'm not sure how familiar you are with the state of Alaska and like where it is besides like Northeast. Well, I saw, West. I saw like the map of where the Hushtika okay. and the Tlingit, you know, resided and where they're supposed to be. Um, okay. So, you know, if it's kind of in the same general area, then, you know, it's got a specific name. It's actually called the Alaskan triangle. Yes. Yes. And okay. that is what drew me. That is what drew me to mm -hmm. even talking about the Kushtika because I wanted to talk about the entire triangle. Yes. Because I was trying to find something that was kind of like unknown. And I had never really heard of that. I was like, holy shit. Mm -hmm. Like, we have the Bermuda Triangle. There's the Alaskan Triangle. Like, there's what the, the hell goes on triangle there? There's the Triangle on yeah. the East Coast, I believe. Yeah. We've got, yeah. what is up with this geometry? Geometry was hard when I was well, in school, but like, why does it have to be terrifying? because it, that's how it has to be triangles are terrifying <laughs> circles circles are out triangles are in triangles are in but you know and i don't know like when i was a kid i i was always obsessed with the bermuda triangle we had this one book in the library that i would just check out over and over again because mm -hmm. of the crazy shit that occurred there and yeah. i mean maybe i'll do an episode on it one day um don't know yet but do we have anything else on the Tlingit or any other tribes or anything? No, like that? I think I think we really covered the the 
bulk of what was important and how it related to the Kashtaka specifically. Your sister said, but that rhombus girl. Girl, she's a hot mess. Don't listen to her. She's in Colorado. You know how they do over there. Uh, it's actually funny because she and I were discussing doing an episode specifically about uh, like cursed lands and all the different triangles and everything. Because when we were kids, we thought the Bermuda Triangle was going to be a much bigger deal. Yes. Like, as why are I. we not solving this? Yes. Why? Why? Why are ships still going there? What's going right? on? Why? Like, guys, going don't on? go there. And quicksand. I thought quicksand. I thought I was going to at least have to encounter it like five times in my life. I'm like, where you know, the fuck is the quicksand? You know, I thought quicksand was going to be a much bigger problem when i was an adult than i than it's actually turned out to be yes um so i i understand that zero out of ten do not recommend so if you ever decide to go hiking in the alaskan wilderness how would you know if there's a kushtaka around well the kushtaka mm. emit a high-pitched three-part whistle in the pattern of low high low so I was sitting there and I'm like thinking in my head, how would that sound? Like what? I mean, is it like just like one tune? Like, you know, like, I don't know. It's I'm just not sure. I, I definitely whistled to myself. I was driving and I, I was too. thinking about it. Too. I'm like, because but I kept ended up like I kept going back to the Hunger Games whistle. Yes, like the exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that do, is exactly do, what do. I did do yes <laughs> so i'm just picturing rue is out in the woods and like just messing with all of us at this point <laughs> your sister says how have we not solved this yeah i guess she's talking about the bermuda triangle yes, yes. i'm just saying i mean they who knows who knows maybe they did solve it maybe that's where atlantis really is and oh man it might be we should do maybe. an atlantis episode yeah that. we're gonna get all sorts of inspiration <laughs> <laughs> so if you're in the wilderness hunting and you hear that low, high, low, mm -hmm. what do you do? What do you do? How do you keep a kushtika away? Did you read any of that? Did you see I did. the and things? Some of them are a little odd, um, but there's a lot of parallels. And I see it with a lot of shapeshifters. And I see it, yeah. especially like werewolf stories. Like I mentioned the Aswang earlier. Um, some of them are very similar. And I'm wondering... At what point did this original story happen that we are still having these common denominators? Because yes. there has to be there has to be a root story. There's no way that, you know, we, we may have made a lot of these stories very like Eurocentric, but there's yeah. got to be a common core there. Um, I did see that uh, the grossest one was urine. They don't yes, like urine. Pee. And um, here's the thing. If I'm ever out in the woods camping in Alaska and I come across a Kushtika, you don't have to worry about the urine because I will piss my pants and we yes. are good to go. We are safe absolutely i'm like uh yeah i'd be safe i'd be good i would be uh <laughs> more than good we'd probably be friends yes so um i also saw dogs they don't like mm -hmm. dogs um one of the, the copper was one that i didn't expect yeah um but precious metals i mean they're hard to find they're hard to refine they're hard to you know make presentable so it makes sense that you would have a rarer element in there so what one were the, the ones that you found one of the documentaries that i saw said steel and Oh my lord what was the other one it was another metal but because they recognize them as weapons and they're oh, not okay. trying they're not trying to fight they're not trying to get hurt mm -hmm. so anything metal seems to kind of ward them off which i mean it's understandable if you see somebody holding like a metal pipe you're not going to want to go up to that guy so to me that leads me to believe that maybe these things are a little bit more intelligent than just animalistic you know yes and their their intentions aren't just to kill 
and, and maybe them transforming people into other Kushtika, that's the way they procreate. That's the way they keep their numbers up. Granted, the numbers may not be what they are, you know, in the past, uh-huh. if they ever were. I'm just saying, you know, speaking, you know, hypothetically. Yeah, but, we're, we're in this world. We are embracing yeah, it. We bought yes. the ticket. We rode there. We're yes, here. Yes, we are here. We are in this. We are in the Kushtika dimension right now. Yes. So, you know, that's how they procreate by bringing in other souls to mm-hmm. take them over and make new Kushtika to keep them going. Yeah. Um, now there is i will contradict you just a little bit go for it no go for it but there are because there are a lot of different versions of the stories like even person to person like it's it's a game of telephone one of the first translated stories for the kushtika was about a woman who was taken and she was turned into a kushtika and her brother then had his family they were living on the shores and they were struggling they had no food he had children they couldn't feed them um and all of a sudden, his sister realizes, hey, that's my brother over there. But she's an otter person. She can't go. You know, they're supposed yeah. to kind of keep their distance. Yeah. Um, but she sees how much he's struggling. His wife is starving. Their children are starving. So she comes over without her husband and brings her little otter children. So they had procreate in this story. They had procreated. Okay. Okay. Brings her otter children over. And she's like, you know, hello, brother. It's me. And like proves it's him. And he's a little resistant, but eventually he lets her in and gets to meet her her nieces and nephews. But then she starts turning the children into Kushtika. And she starts patting him on the bottom. And there's a little rhyme that she says, but it's pretty, it's like, it's something like pat, pat, pat. And she pulls the tail down and all of a sudden they have a tail. And he goes, oh, hell no. Put that tail back, put it back where it came from, get out. And she goes, oh, no, no, no. Look, it's fine. Pat, pat, pat. I put the tail back and then the tail disappears. And so it's even okay. in one story, you see yeah, these different changes. versions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it also shows that dichotomy of, you know, they're not always trying to kill you. They're not always trying to do this. Like sometimes yeah. they're trying to save you. And this one, the man, the otterman had fallen in love with a sister and he wanted her. And so they took her transformed her and then they got married yeah so they really do lean into like this is a tribe of people they have rituals and they have songs and they have all of this and they're like gathering together so it's it's definitely it's interesting i think that was one of the first ones that we formally had translated by someone who still speaks the language the very first one it just made me laugh because uh it was from the raven tribe so or or the raven clan of the tribe yeah Yeah. and the guy's name was kaka and i was like (laughs) Really, Ravens? <laughs> that, Damn. That's what you came up with, Kaka. Kaka. All right. You know, Ravens say Kaka. I got you. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the only other way that I saw, other than than what I just said, uh, fire. Fire will also keep them away. Um, but I don't know if a campfire would keep them away or if you would actually have to have, like, a torch, a torch. or some shit. You know what I mean? Some Frankenstein. Um, yeah. I mean, and but what kind – I mean – really any kind of animal in general would be frightened of fire because mm-hmm. fire bad, you know, Frankenstein. Well, and you also bad. have to have, you have to have the fire away from the water too. So if you're making sure that you're protected and you're away from the water and you're away from the Ottoman, you can't build a fire on too wet of a territory. So yeah. that would make sure that your people are staying away because these, the Tlingits were avid fishermen. Their, their name, if I remember correctly, means people of the tide. They were known for their aquatic prowess yeah. so far as fishing, but they were also hunters. So they would go in for small mammals. They weren't going for large game. They weren't really going after like bears and things like that. Yeah. But 
just making sure you're mindful of your surroundings. Instill it when it's young and they'll follow it when they're older. Yeah, so definitely. So one of the other things that I had seen in one of the documentaries I read, um, there was a, I guess, just a little village of Tlingit. And they would attribute anything bad that occurred to the village to the Kushtika. Mm -hmm. So one day they they their village was right off of one of the glaciers there in alaska um the name it, it eludes me right now but there was a collapse from the from the glacier and it completely destroyed the village completely mm -hmm. wiped out anybody that was living in that village except for one person that was like off on a hunt or something came yeah. back village was you know under ice everybody was dead and he said that there were Kushtika running away from the village where, where the mm. village once was. So they attributed that, you know, that, that occurrence to the Kushtika, but doesn't necessarily mean that's, you know, that's what happened. I mean, if that's how he interpreted it, then maybe, but even now that is what the legend states is that the Kushtika made that avalanche happen because those people were living too close to where, the Kushtika were residing. Yeah, it's interesting that they would say, even if it weren't in man form, because one of those contradictions that we see is that sometimes they're not like what you would picture, like a werewolf or like a Sasquatch. Yeah. They're not humanoid. Some of them only have a human form, and then some of them are like literally like little otters. Little otters, but, yeah. But otters aren't uh, scavengers, so there wouldn't even really necessarily be a reason for them to be there. They yeah. avoid carry-on, at least like the North American otter. I don't know if there's a specific like species out there that I'm not aware of. Yeah. But yeah, that's that would be strange to see any kind of otter form scurrying away from yeah. a disaster like that. So I found two stories that okay. were current. Um, now, none of these were from natives of Alaska. And I wish they were because for me, they would just, <clears throat> excuse me, they would hold a little bit more water if they were from a native. I, okay. And that's just, that's just my mindset. But I'm going to read you these two. And I just want your opinion on this. Now, I didn't, I, we didn't go over this beforehand or anything. I just want your opinion on these two. Yeah. I focus so, on history. I didn't, I don't know yeah. anything from modern day. So I'm, I'm interested and almost a little concerned, but I'm here for it. Let's do it. So there was a man named Jason, he didn't give his last name. In 2005, okay. he was running on a trail and he saw his friend mm -hmm. jogging, okay? So as he's jogging, he's calling out to his friend, calling out to his friend, and his friend doesn't turn around. Friend turns off onto another trail, and as Jason got closer to the trail, <clears throat> he sees that his friend's just standing there. So he's calling out to his friend, calling out to his friend because he hadn't seen him in a while. And the friend just books it into the woods. Okay. Okay. So Jason's like, what the hell? That's, that's weird. So he picks up his phone, calls his friend to, to say, what the hell, dude? Like, what, what are you doing? Why are you running off into the woods? Like, are you okay? Like, is there something wrong? The friend answers like, Hey, what's up, man? Like long time. No, see, how have you been this and that? And he's like, what do you mean? Long time. No, see, I was just calling out to you on the trail, like uh, on this jogging trail. And he's like, what are you talking about? I'm sitting at home on my couch. <laughs> So he starts freaking out, hauls ass back and, you know, goes home and has, you know, goes and tells everybody, you know, at the local bar, hey, this just fucking happened to me. You know, I, I think it was acoustica. Like, so what do you think? OK, so um, I have a couple of thoughts that, that go along with this one. If he's you said he's not from Alaska. 
that he lives or... in Alaska, but he's not okay. a uh, a true native of Alaska. He's okay. not okay. He doesn't come from a tribe in Alaska. When I say okay. native, I mean like from a tribe. Now okay, he may so... have been born in Alaska. But... Yeah, the fact that he knew what Akushika was kind of offsets a little bit for me because it's almost one of those you know when somebody's lying and they they give you too much information yes where it's like oh i saw this this must be this rare elusive fairy tale you know cryptid-esque thing if you would have been like man the weirdest thing happened to me i saw so and so and then he wasn't there and then i called him and he was somewhere else and somebody be like oh did this happen or did yeah. this happen this is the conclusion we come to when it's you know when when you hear hoof beats like do you think zebra or do you think horses like when you when you know something is expected or know something that is rumored to be true and you experience something that has anything to do with it you're like oh that must be that must be it and you kind of jump to that so do i think it's strange yeah do i think there's a lot of weird people that run on trails like who runs for fun but that's exactly a i mean if i'm running you should be running too is all I exactly have to say. and in the same direction i'm running <laughs> right so um i think if i were the other person would that person be at a bar that night saying the weirdest thing happened to me i was running today and there was this guy behind me and he kept shouting at me and he kept shouting at me is he telling a ghost story like i heard this guy died out on the trails and he's always looking for his jogging partner like without anthony says he used to run for fun yeah, I saw he was a Marine. well anthony Whatever. we're not all overachievers right we're not all marines like but thank you for your service fat. thank you for your service <laughs> so without without something a little bigger happening just like somebody not replying to you and being scared and running away if i had a man shouting at me on the trail i'd be yeah. like hell no i'd be booking it as fast as i could and getting away so i don't know Okay. It's interesting. It, it it adds to some to some whimsy there, but okay. So the next one, this is from 2011. Okay. Okay. This gentleman was interviewed. His name's Brad Benson. Um, he lives in Juneau, Alaska. Okay. Okay. So he was volunteering for a cleanup uh, alongside a road outside of Juneau. Um, mm -hmm. So it was Brad Benson and another volunteer, and they were the only two on this portion of the road. Okay. Um, the other person had, you know, I guess it was his friend, had his headphones on and was about 20 meters away. Brad was cleaning his section when the volunteer yelled at him from a clearing in the woods that there was a pile of trash that they needed to clean up. So Brad walked to go get another bag. And when he did, there was a jogger coming down the road with her mm -hmm. dog. Okay. So the dog passes Brad. No. Okay, but was no she issues. hot though? Like, he didn't hot? say. He didn't say okay. if she was hot or not. I mean, she's jogging. So the, I mean, the, this on. is probably a false story because I've never heard a man tell a story about a woman and not describe what she looked like. But, <laughs> Damn, okay, already debunked. I'm listening, debunked already. Debunked. <laughs> so, you know, she walk, She jogs by with her dog. Nothing happens. Once they get to the area where the clearing was, the dog just starts going berserk and barking and barking and barking, um, like if like if something scared it. So mm -hmm. when Brad looked back to where the other volunteer was standing, he claims to have seen a brown flash running away from the clearing. He looked okay. back towards the dog and the jogger and noticed that his friend was still about 20 meters up ahead cleaning. So he walked over there and was like, hey, how did you get over, you know, from the clearing over here so quickly? Um, you know, when you told me that there were things to clean up and his friend was like, I was never in the woods. Like, I've been here the whole time cleaning this you know this stuff 
so brad knows what acoustica is because of mm-hmm. you know he's because he's from there, there. He there. Yeah, you know okay. so you hear these stories of course you know eh, eh, people that aren't hispanic know who la llorona is they know what lechuzas mm-hmm. are for the most part so it's understandable An that owl, he may right? you know he may know what acoustica was mm-hmm. he never stated it was acoustica Mm-hmm. Just that he had this weird occurrence happen. Um, now, with this one, for me personally, eh, maybe because he did maybe. see his friend. He did see his friend in the yeah. clearing. These things are shapeshifters. They are uh-huh. able to look like somebody close to you. So maybe, just maybe, that's yeah. what he saw. I mean, I don't know. What do you think? I think uh, I think Brad's a serial killer and the dog's barking at a body and he's trying to come up with this elaborate story so nobody goes out there to find all the people he chopped up and put in the woods. Brad's a psychopath and he should be aware of Brad. We're going to go 50-50 on this one. We're going 50-50 on this, this one. This is now a true crime podcast. You're welcome. <laughs> okay. Well, those are the only two stories that I wanted to get your opinion on. Okay. Um, and then also, I just wanted to throw out there for anybody that is interested in, you know, maybe reading some some fantasy fiction of the Kushtika. Ooh, are um, these smut novels? Are you are, are you giving not. us are your private collection? No, now? they are not. So it, it's just places that the Kushtika appeared that, you know, just aren't legend. It, it's, you know, fantasy novels and stuff. So there's... Um, Pamela Ray Hutson's, I guess it's H-U-T-E-S-O-N. I don't don't know. Hutson. She has a series called Legend in the Wood. And it's called Legend in the Wood Stories of Totems. Um, And in the legend War with the Land Ottermen, that, you know, it talks about, I guess, a war that goes on between humans and and the Kushtika as well. She has a book called Transformation Masks with the Kushtika Den. There's also mm-hmm. Garth Steen's Raven Stole the Moon, Harry D. Culp. Uh, also, oh, in this book, Harry D. Culp describes a minor encounter with the Kushtika at Thomas Bay in the short story, The Strangest Story Ever Told. So those are just a couple of, you know, if you want to read, you know, tales or whatever that people made up about the Kushtika, you can read those books. Um, let me see. What else did I have here? And hopefully we'll have a movie. I mean, obviously there's a, a little bit of a demand. We had people asking if they could watch a movie or not, and I haven't seen one. So maybe we'll get one in the future. We'll see. And there's a horror novel. The next one that I'm, it's called Kushtika. It's a horror, nev- horror novel by David Pierre, Pierre Domenico. Dom, Domenico. I, I love how confident you say that. Well, I like it. It's Pierre Domenico. I don't fucking know. I butcher names all the time. But anyways, <laughs> it's a horror novel called Kushtika. Mm-hmm. So maybe we'll get a horror movie from this. Maybe. Um, they also appeared in William Giraldi's novel Hold in the Dark. Uh, and the second book of Anne McCaffrey's science fiction, The Twins of Petabee, of the, the Twins of Petabee series in Maelstrom. So okay. there's just my a mom used of... to read a lot of Anne McCaffrey. I wonder if that one's in my collection Ooh, of hand-me-downs. Maybe, maybe. Maybe. So, oh, and then uh, the Kushtika is the main antagonist in Bill Schweitzer's novel, The Beast of Barcroft, which came out in 2015. Okay. So I guess other people, I mean, it, it's it's a well-known thing, I guess. I just didn't fucking know about them because I, I wonder if this spoke. is. I wonder if this is going to be a situation like Krampus, where Krampus like wasn't known, wasn't known, wasn't known, and then there was just like this break for it. It was it was like in 2013. Yep. Like this 
big feature Krampus came out and now we can't get enough of it, especially in a society now where I feel like people are kind of not getting away from Christmas and more into Halloween, but like, especially like millennials are leaning into like horror more and we're leaning Halloween into like, rules all. Yes, it does. Um, <laughs> if I didn't have my green screen um, and you can see up here, I have all Halloween decor in my, in my office area. I know you do. I can <laughs> look behind me. Oh, there's look at that. Oh yeah. <laughs> I have a star Wars and Halloween. That's what I got here. Um, <clears throat> but as we're kind of like leaning that way as a generation and kind of embracing those things more and like the creep, you know, the creepy stuff. I wonder if this is just going to take one major motion film and we're all going to be obsessed with Alaska. And hell, it might it might happen. And we might see mm -hmm. more people go and venture off to try to find these creatures just yeah. like they do for Bigfoot. You know, I, mm -hmm. I, I know I would love to go in search of Bigfoot, you know, and I know I did an episode on Bigfoot and Bigfoot sightings. And I was on there with uh, TJ Bowser and uh, Big Johnny D from Project Louder mm -hmm. and we, you know, Big Johnny D loves Bigfoots. And so we're just discussing things. And he was telling me things that I didn't even fucking know about to where Bigfoot kind of exists in like this whole other little like pocket dimension. Yeah. And I've can like those. come, you know, cross over and, you know, we don't see him, but he's there mm -hmm. because he can fucking go invisible. And I'm like, what? Yeah. What? Hold on. What? But I mean, I it's. Who knows? I uh, I, I work with the the county maintenance in Burclair area, and we were kind of joking around. But they have a Sasquatch burger. There's a diner up there yeah. that had a Sasquatch burger. I'm like, oh, like that's kind of a random thing. He goes, no, there's Sasquatch in the woods, and it was just like very somber. All of a sudden, it was very serious. I was like, oh, okay. He goes, no, 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 really. And that's when uh, we're, we were discussing earlier that Anthony was supposed to go Bigfoot hunting yeah. because I, I was like, hey, by the way, today I had the strangest encounter. I was at work and all of a sudden the county maintenance gentleman um, out towards Beeville was like, hey, there's Bigfoot. Don't go in the woods. I was like, oh, well. So with that, uh, when we, we have an invested, we Dark Side Paranormal, the team that I'm part mm -hmm. of, we um, we investigated in Yorktown. We went to the Yorktown mm -hmm. Memorial Hospital. Yeah. And, you know, because that's the big thing, you mm -hmm. know, in the paranormal area, especially yeah. here in Texas, you want to investigate Yorktown. We had some crazy shit happen there, like mm -hmm. just fucking crazy shit, paranormal, you know, stuff happened live on Facebook where, you know, my face got scratched on camera and it was just, it was just fucking yeah. crazy. But doing research for our second round that's coming up at the end of this month, there's been reports of Bigfoot and skinwalkers in the Yorktown area. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. So I'm outside of the hospital by myself taking a piss. And it's it's all overgrown. <laughs> I heard the this hospital. episode, actually. I heard it. Yeah. And I'm <laughs> like, I heard like something fucking walking through the goddamn fucking brush and stuff. And I thought, fuck, man, like I didn't think anything of it. I just thought maybe somebody was walking in the brush trying to scare me or whatever. But now that I know that there could have fucking been a Bigfoot or a damn skinwalker. I'm like, well, what the fuck? Like, what the shit? But it was outside, so. Mm, uh, it, was outside. it was outside. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Anthony said, let's go. Let's go, Anthony. You're welcome to come anytime you want, man. If you want to go on an investigation with me, let me know. Let's fucking do this shit. Hey, don't forget me. I come with my own EMF. Hey, I already oh, have. you can come too. You can come too. That's the type of skeptic I am. I'm like, uh, I don't believe in it, but I need to prove it for myself. So I have yes. equipment that there I'm like, mm, no, I need to sleep at night. Let's just make sure that this isn't real. <laughs> 
so we said, you know, maybe if we get a horror movie, people will go and start yeah. investing, investigating the Kushtika a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. In 2013, a very famous celebrity went to Alaska in search of the Kushtika. Was it Kanye West? It was not Kanye West. Okay. Although well. he th- this this celebrity may... I mean, he had a mental breakdown pretty much like Kanye West did a little bit, um, <laughs> especially around this time. Uh, but Charlie Sheen, actually. Oh, God. Yes. He, um, he I guess in 2013, he just had this thing where he wanted to find cryptids. So he uh-huh. was in Loch Ness and he went looking for Nessie. Didn't find anything. And a week later, he showed up in Alaska and went looking for the Kushtika. Unfortunately, he did not find anything, but I just thought that was a cool little tidbit that, you know, back in 2013, coked up Charlie Sheen was like, let's go. Let's go look for the Kushtika. You know, if he would have gone missing, it would have been the record for like how many people went searching because there was a senator that actually disappeared in the Alaskan Triangle. And at that point was the largest manhunt. And they I don't believe they ever found his body. It was like himself and three of his assistants. So, you know, just have one more celebrity story and I'm sure we'll get it. Yeah, I mean, at, I mean, and you got to think, too. I mean, the wilderness, all the animals that are out there. Yeah. If you go missing, you're probably never going to be found. I mean, it's, it, it's the, a fully functioning ecosystem. Like you're yes. not coming back if you're if yeah. you're gone, you're gone. Just have comfort knowing that you gave back to the ecosystem and the environment. Yes. And, and to the legend and to the legend yes, of the Kushnika. The legends. So, Kaylee, I want to thank you so much for being on Someone Supernatural with me today. An hour went by really fast. I was kind of scared. I was kind of scared that, that I wasn't going to be able to push the hour limit because I like to put out you know, little <laughs> hour-long episodes. And I was like, damn, I don't know if we're going to be able to make it, but we fucking made it. We so did. I want to thank you. Thank you so much for being Absolutely. on here. Let the people know where to find your podcast again and give yes. us the rundown. All right. I am the co-creator and co-host of 50 States of Terror. We are on all the major podcatchers and a couple of the minor ones, too. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at 50 States of Terror or on Twitter run by my lovely husband. I don't know if I should call him lovely, but my lovely husband. (laughs) Uh, And that is going to be at 50 States Terror because there was a character limit. So it's a little bit shorter. But uh, and from there, we have a link tree. So if you want to find our Patreon, if you want to find where we're streaming, you can find it on any three of those locations. Awesome. Sounds good. Well, like I said, Anthony, I know you're in the chat right now and you're watching. I can't wait to have you on an episode as well. Kaylee, once again, thank you so much. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, I am your host with the ghost, the prince of the paranormal, the Duke of the dead, Lord Scuba Cabra, saying, see you later, baby.